Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. We are here. I am Emily, as always, your host. This is episode number 26, and we are talking about running today. So this is for everyone, whether you've started running, you've ran before, perhaps you've experienced burnout in running, uh, maybe you've never run ever and you're looking to start running this will be for you as well. Uh, if you're looking to run a further distance or a faster distance, uh, this is for you as well. So a lot of things are covered in this episode. You'll definitely want to refer back to it, maybe take some notes if you're in a position to be able to, or as always, check out the blog post at coachemilymeyer.com. I always post the blog associated with the podcast right at the same time so that you are able to refer back to essentially a written version of this. So all that to say, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. For many people, running is held up on a pedestal. It's either completely unattainable or the hardest workout they could possibly choose for the day. There is no middle ground. There's no oh, I'm going to head out for a nice, easy run, nothing. Like running is hard or running is impossible and I will never do it. And for a long time, I fell into this camp as well. I thought running was so hard. Every single run I did left me feeling miserable, tired. I was sore the next day. I was shot for that day. I couldn't do anything after I ran. And then I started to learn a lot about more, more about running. I learned it doesn't have to be that way. I learned I could enjoy an easy run and still make progress. And honestly, this was truly mind-opening. Like, I couldn't even imagine that running could feel easy ever. I didn't think it was possible to enjoy running. Like, I talked about, I think it was episode 24, that I talked about how running was always a punishment for me, right? And again, I found that running doesn't have to be that punishment. So today we're doing just that. We're sharing a little bit more about running. We're learning a little bit more and I'm sharing my top five tips to start running or to start running further distances slash faster times. Now let's dive in. First up, number one is find your gear. Now you don't need a ton of gear to run. And honestly, that's the beauty of it. But that being said, there is some gear that I cannot live without. My three non-negotiables are going to be running shoes that fit your feet, shorts or leggings that don't fall down, and a supportive and comfortable sports bra. I won't run without those three things in place. Running shoes are plentiful. There's so many brands, styles, and different components of the shoes 
that can all contribute to a successful run or a future injury over time. Take time with a running shoe professional to get your gait analyzed and choose a shoe that's best for you. This might take trial and error, and if you don't have access to it, make sure when you're ordering shoes online, they allow you to run in them and then return them if they don't work for you, right? Simply walking around the house in a pair of shoes might not give you the best idea of how those shoes will feel on a run. One of my favorite companies for this is RoanRunnerSports.com. They have a whole host of shoes, and I wish this was sponsored by them, but no, no sponsors quite yet on this show. But they have a whole host of shoes you can run in, wear in 30 days. If you don't like them, you simply send them back. So I love ordering from them because it truly allows me to get a feel for the shoe. Second up is shorts and leggings. As a female and really someone who just loves matching, I love a good outfit and especially athletic clothes. But there are only a handful of brands that I will personally run in because the last thing I want to deal with on my run when I'm trying to find a rhythm and get in a groove is pulling up my shorts or leggings or having to stop if I'm wearing spandex shorts and having them ride up on me or worse is wearing clothes that cause chafing or discomfort while I'm running or, you know, continuing after. Again, these brands and options are all going to be up to you. I have a few, again, that Roadrunner Sports has amazing leggings that don't fall down. They are more compression-y fit and higher-waisted. I love the Oisel Pocket Jogger Shorts as a compression short for running. Um, I have a few random pairs of Adidas shorts. Old Navy Sports Bras, believe it or not, are some of my favorites. Um, Oh gosh, the Brooks Rebound Racer, which I think they're now discontinuing, which is really a shame. Um, but I love that bra for running as well. So all these are personal choices. Those are only a few suggestions that I have to look into, but take time to think about it and try these things out before committing. And finally, again, a quality sports bra is absolutely essential. I already mentioned a few of my favorite brands, but for health as well as comfort, this is not the time for one that's just okay. This is the time to splurge. The good news is, as you'll learn later on in this episode, you really only need one to start. You can rotate it and wash it a few times throughout the week if you have more run days. But since we're not running every day, we don't really need one every single day of the week. You can have a designated sports bra just to run in. That's what I do and I don't do anything else in them. I simply run in it so that I always know that I have one clean. Make sure the size and fit are comfortable in your everyday life first then test it out on short runs before taking it on a longer adventure. Once we have all the clothes that will work, we dive into the actual physical act of running. This brings us to what every run should start with, and that is our RAMP. RAMP stands for Range of Motion, Activation, and Movement Preparation. We can think of this like a warm-up, but more specific to your goals of the running session, as well as the movement capabilities of your body specifically. While, again, this is very specialized to you as an individual, there are a handful of general movements that are helpful when heading out on a run or maybe even a walk. This can be foam rolling. We want to focus on our hips, upper back, calves, and feet. Some sort of hip flexor mobilization or stretch. A glutes and hip activation, such as a bridge, clamshell, maybe a reverse clamshell. 
a T-spine or upper back extension and rotation. World's Greatest Stretch is always a catch-all for everything and gets us moving forward a little bit. And then any marching or skipping drills. Now, you might be familiar with these, especially if you're a member at Unity listening to this episode, but if you're not, if you check out that blog post, I'll have all of those exercises linked for you so you'll be able to see actual examples of the movement themselves. So instead of throwing your shoes and heading out the door right away on that run, head on, take 10 to 15 minutes to ramp. This sets you up for both a successful run right now, as well as decreasing injury risk in the future. Because though we don't often think about it, running is often so much and always really not even often so much impact. It's about three times our body weight on our leg as we catch ourselves and bound into that next step. So that's a lot of impact we should prepare our body for instead of just going at it full throttle. This brings us to number three. When we start to run, it's time to throw out the pace we should be running at and start slow. This is not the time, especially if you're a beginner runner, for pace calculators, race paces, and personal records. Though I would argue everything is a personal record when you start and embrace that. This is typically the most challenging part of running, especially if we are trying to run faster. But in order to run faster, even if an experienced runner, we it's really beneficial to start to run slower. Oh yes, you heard that correctly. Run slower in order to run faster. One of the adaptations that occurs when we do run slower is the body produces more mitochondria. And if you remember from biology, mitochondria is that powerhouse of the cell. It's what produces the energy. When we have greater mitochondrial density in the muscles, we produce more energy. More energy equals both faster and or further distances, i.e. we run slower in order to run faster in the long term. If you're just starting to run for the first time, walking might be the best first step. I reference the three times body weight per step as we run, and there's an aspect of training for running that includes time spent on feet. In this first beginning phase, walking can honestly help just as much as running can. Of course, this doesn't last forever, and if you want to run, you'll actually have to run and get used to the impact of the movement. But as we're starting to spend more time on our feet, it often can come in the form of either walking or running and typically a combination of both, you'll see a walk-run-interval hybrid. While this can be tough starting with a run-walk hybrid, starting slow builds that base of the pyramid. And I've talked about this in a previous episode, the pyramid can only be as tall as the base is wide. Spending the time up front to build this base prevents us from having to backtrack and add to it later. That right Pace for you is the one you can maintain for the amount of time you want to run that allows you to feel good when running and not be so sore you can't walk the next day. That is, use these guidelines for now when we're just starting out. But if you are trying to run faster or further and do have experience running, you'll want to find your pace zones. This brings us to tip number four in finding your pace zones. Knowing your speed zones that you should run in allows you to avoid the gray zone. This gray zone, or zone three on a five zone model, 
is where pace is too fast to build mitochondria efficiently or, or and, excuse me, not easy enough to recover from and too slow to qualify as speed work. It's kind of like not really fast enough for this, not slow enough for that. We're just running. We're doing a lot of work. And honestly, this is where a lot of people run in because they feel like their run has to be hard, but they can't run so hard to maintain a zone four pace that they end up being in the zone three, which is inefficient for a lot of things to happen. And truly, these zones correlate to our heart rate. So again, that zone one would be zone one heart rate, zone two, zone two heart rate, zone three, etc. on up the line. So we can use a heart rate monitor for this as well. But often a running pace calculator is more accessible than a heart rate monitor. Uh, If you do have access to a heart rate monitor, you can obviously use that as well. Again, we want to avoid that zone three. So to find our zones, you, again, if you don't have a heart rate monitor, we're going just on pace here. You want to base these on either a 5K time trial, a mile time trial, or other running effort. There are abundance you can use and plug into a calculator. So you'll want to have this experience before diving into testing for this. That's why when we're just starting out, often we can build up to one of these efforts so that you're able to test and then find your pace zones, right? So if we can't run a mile, but we require a mile to test our time and find our zones, you'll want to run, walk, and simply use rate of perceived exertion or other arbitrary, or not arbitrary, ugh. That's, that's not right. Uh, another qualitative measure to find our running effort zone, if you will. Once you have your time, you can then plug it into a calculator such as the 80-20 calculator. Um, it's 8020endurance.com, I believe. And this will be linked in the blog post as well. So if you do head over to my website, you'll be able to find it through there. But you can plug their time in and that will tell you your zones. Now, I'm not going to get too much further into running zones, but we want about 80% of our training in zone one or two. Like I said before, we want to avoid zone three, and the remaining amount of time should be in zone four or five, right? Those zone four or five are going to be speed work and other short work intervals within our run or as a separate session. Once you have your times, this might be a good time to reach out for a coach for additional guidance as well, or even finding a coach to help you find these pace zones might be a beneficial way to increase your running efficiency, especially if you have already run in the past, you're not brand new. Finally, this brings us to number five, and that is recover. When pursuing any new goal, it's tempting to get after it at 100%, but Really, we shouldn't run every day of the week. Even if we're training efficiently, or excuse me, training seriously, we shouldn't need to run every day of the week. The body needs time for rest, regeneration, and recovery, as well as time to fit in other aspects of training, such as strength training or cross training. Because at the end of the day, it's not the act of training that makes us better, it's how we recover from that training. Of course, we need a hard stimulus, but we also need to recover from that. If we're simply putting hard stimulus on top of hard stimulus, we won't recover and we won't improve in the long term. We have to stay at a volume and intensity of running that we're able to recover from. 
and if we can't, we're inevitably heading down a path of burnout and or injury. Taking this time to recover, fueling ourselves appropriately, staying hydrated, and getting quality sleep all helps to prevent injury, avoid feelings of burnout, and keep us running in the long term. Because that's truly what the goal is. It's not to run today or tomorrow or the next day. It's to pursue running with a goal of running far into our careers, into our lives, and to be able to enjoy it pain-free, as well as maybe just to simply enjoy it instead of looking at it as punishment. This brings us to our empowered action for this week. Are you looking to start running from scratch? Take time to work through each of these variables, but most importantly, and not talked about yet in this episode, take it easy on yourself. Give yourself grace in the process of starting to run. Enjoy that process of learning a new skill, of pushing your body to the limit and seeing what you can do. Your body will adapt, but it does take time. It won't happen overnight. You have to be patient with it. You have to, again, give yourself that grace and self-compassion as you work through the process. This same advice goes for those who are looking to run either further or faster. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. Practice self-compassion. Be patient. Those time, the distance, and the PRs will all come if you give it that time and you're patient with yourself. That is all I have for this week's episode of the Feel Your Freedom podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in and learning a little bit more about running. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you think someone you know would love to hear it as well, please do feel free to share the show, uh, whether it's personally with them or on a social media platform. It does help the show to grow. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Again, just helps the show to be found more by more people. All that to say, thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will chat with you next week. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.